You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on the Gov, we talk about all things relating to golf performance so you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. Welcome, everybody, to Golf Under Par podcast here. I've got my guest, John Taylor. I'm Dr. Jeremy McCullough. So, John is a performance mind coach, all right? He's been taken under the wing by Dr. Joseph Parent. You might recognize that name. He's the author of Zen Golf and, you know, one of the, I guess we'll say, industry leaders on, on the mindset and whatnot, and what John is, is providing for us today and talking about today. But he's also created his own program for golfers called What's in the Bag, and that's really helping develop mental fitness and resiliency, and we'll let him talk a little bit about that here in a little bit. But, John, thank you so much for being on here, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. It, it's We literally reached out what a week and a half ago. We got talking and you invited me on and I'm grateful to have this opportunity to share with you a little bit about what I've been doing and obviously learn a little bit more about what you, you're doing as well because I'm, I'm fascinated by your work too. But thank you for having me. Yeah, no. I've been wanting to, to have a chat with somebody on Mind Coach and we happened to just connect, like you said, a couple couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And I was like, oh, perfect. I've been, I've been thinking about this and wanting somebody on here to talk about this with me. So this is perfect. It was just kind of like perfect timing. Things were aligned and everything. So, well, I always ask all, all the guests here is, how did you get into golf? My dad introduced me to the game probably around about nine years old. Uh, Give me a club. Said, Let's go on the field and whack some balls. And my mom's side of the family, very sporting. So her brothers, she's got three brothers. They are absolutely sport crazy. Uh, horse racing, football, soccer, as as you guys call it. Um, and I'm from a, a, a football in town, Newcastle United. You know, we are absolutely football mad in this area. And I've always been brought up around sport. My dad's avid rugby player, but very competitive. And he just literally, we just started going out on the field and then took me on the chipping and putting. And then I just started developing a love for golf and realised that, I was getting okay at it. Um, it was a time time to spend with my dad because he was away a lot in the, in the military. So when we were together, it was a good bonding. And he's very competitive as well in, in golf, as I've learned throughout the years, and especially more now, it can it can get really competitive. Uh, but I've I've done a little bit of boxing and I played some football and stuff like that as well. So I I, I just love sport and golf is really what my passion is now. And I played on and off over the years. Um, play play to a reasonable standard, and uh, you know, member of a club, playing the club competitions, and then yeah, I just as as time's gone on, I actually joined the military myself, so the golf took a bit of a, a backseat, and I just got to play as and when I could, and I just love getting out there and being in that 
beautiful space. You know, they're, they're very mindful golf courses. And sometimes, you know, just being around people and, and learning learning new skills. So, yeah, it's a young, young age and it's stayed with me ever since. And the love has grown and it, and it continues to grow. Yeah, and I think, you know, similar where early age, my dad kind of was play, played a lot of golf as a salesman. And, and so introduced that and, you know, times have come and gone and where I played a lot or played, I didn't play much. And But it's always been an, a love there for the game and, and something I knew I'd be doing for pretty much most of my life. And so I think just kind of a, all right, now let's let's keep, you know, times right now is a time where I'm really focused on, you know, improving myself and helping others do that same thing. So. That's pretty cool. So, how do you how do you in your uh, performance mind performance coaching, you know, help golfers realize the importance of the mindset with regards to performance on the course? The the mind is when you when you speak to golfers, especially at a, a really high level, or even just amateurs, people competing, it's something that we don't practice enough. We, you know, I, I know a guy who works with Formula One drivers and he said something on a call a couple of weeks ago about how much of your driving ability and how much fitness do you do and how much do you put into your nutrition and how much do you put into your training. But before that, he asked, how important is the mind? And they said, oh, it's really important. It's, you know, it's, it's probably the majority of it. And when they broke it down... They were practicing more about their fitness. They were doing more about their nutrition. They were doing more about their driving. So when it comes to the actual crunch, they were actually only spending probably about 10 or 15% of their training on the most important element. And golf, as you know, as an individual, it's up to you, that responsibility, that onus. And I have people coming to me and I ask them what their pain barriers are. Where do they want to be? Where do they see themselves now? And where do they want to get to from A to B? And we structure a plan around that, their needs. And I see myself as more of a guide and a teacher with my practices. People are so interesting about how their stories and why they got into the game and what they can do in the future. And golf really is just a great platform to look at somebody's life, both on and off the golf course. So what is their relationship like? What was their upbringing like? I actually trained in NLP therapy, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And the neuro part is how you learn. The linguistic part is about language. So what kind of words do you use? I can't play that shot. Okay, straight away, you're not going to play that shot because you've told yourself that you can't. If you just change one word in your element of your language, you will get a better response and a better feedback. And the programming part is, is around behaviors, emotions, about what we do. And because I trained in NLP and ex-military and done a lot of training and coaching in, in my army life, I've, I've sort of had that to be able to bring to the table. And the response that I'm getting from my golfers at the moment are, it is not sports psychology. I'm not a sports psychologist. I haven't trained. I don't put myself out there as one of them. I put myself out there as doing mindfulness, meditation, practicing. And the mindset, the importance of that is is key and by being able to find out how important that is from the people that i work with because it comes from them it's their model of the world i understand how important it is but to really get people on board they have to want to do the thing that they want to do first and foremost they've got to be accountable 
they want to if they want to commit on my program, it's tough. <laughs> it's really tough, and I make it that way because of just how I am as, as a guy. How I've had to go through them pain barriers in all of the sports and all of the things that I've done, and the investment that I put in myself to get to this position is I feel that I'm suited to work with people on on the mindset of the game. Okay. So, real fast, you you touched on um, not being a sports psychologist. So, can you briefly explain, you know, the difference of a sports psychologist versus like a mindset coach? Then, the when you've got sports psychologists that you know that the, they've got that word psychology. They might have been to university. They've they've got these degrees. They've studied formulas. They've studied theories. They're all good, but when it comes to the crunch. Um, I just believe that if you understand a little bit about your character and your persona and your presence and how you can build resilience from within and be empowered and make mistakes and, and really look at failure as a, as a success as well and understand the value of failure. The golfer I've just been working with at the moment, he's, he's off plus two, plays at a really high level. And one of the first things we spoke about was what do you value about failure? And he never really thought about that before. And we had a, a good half an hour conversation about what that means that when he doesn't win. And if you look at that, the success and the rise and fall, everything rises, everything falls. You know, we the universal wave of life, which Dr. Joe talks about a lot, that when you're falling, you've got to you've got to remember that things will rise. So momentum shifts. Well, you in golf, how much does momentum shift? You you could walk off with a birdie and hit a nine out of bounds on the next hole. That is a, a complete contrast and shift how do you deal with that situation how, how do you physically respond life is about responding to situations and i have the last 10 years i've been practicing a lot of zen stuff and buddhism and shambhala warrior stuff which dr joe's introduced me to as well and being a big advocate of his book and when you look at traditional sports psychology that's that's not the kind of things that they practice and i speak to people who are sports psychologists and some do bring that element into the game, but I believe that I bring a little bit more of a niche towards my guiding. Okay. okay. So some of it's surrounding the, the training type there aspect of being in the university. Um, and then the other parts is just kind of maybe what they're incorporating into their training style. That, do I have that somewhat accurate? Yeah. Everybody's got their own style of yeah. coaching. People are drawn to each other. You, the the good coaches out there and the ones that I've worked with are, will make sure that the relationship is compatible between them and the golfer or the client. You know, I work with other sportsmen and women as well. It's not just golf. I also work with business owners. And the interesting key denominator in what I do is that I work with people who are individuals first and foremost. The team stuff I, I like, but I like, I like I really like to get inside the individual. I like, I like to find out about them and what do they bring to the picture. And it's um, it's, it's fun. It, it's great, you know, it, working that way. And like golf, you make a decision and it doesn't work. Oh, no, I've committed. How do I then get over the thing that didn't work? In business, you, you talk about your dad. He was a big in business, salesman, played a lot of golf, a lot of businesses done on the golf course. When we make decisions in business and it doesn't work, how do we deal with that? And 
golf is exactly the same. It's probably the biggest lesson. That's why I like it so much because it's it's got so many variations. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think the point that I thought is that relationship, and I think it's huge on anything. You you see, you know, we hear about these golfers going you know, to certain swing coaches or to to certain trainers or whatever, and then we start seeing you know maybe changes or whatever, and it just doesn't seem like it's working out. Like the performance on the course is different. So sometimes it's it's that relationship, or uh, you know, certain. When, you, when you're talking team aspect, there are certain players that may not have that core uh, coordination together or that camaraderie or whatever it may be. However, you know, the chemistry is the word I'm looking for. They don't have that chemistry and that, that, that shows on the court versus a team that may have less talent but has good chemistry can, can make up for some of that maybe lack of talent or whatever. But I think that relationship, like you said, it does have a, a very important role in – you know how things work out because if you don't respect and under and uh, don't have that good connection with the person that you're working with, I think there's just less than ideal outcomes from that. Yeah, it's all about rapport, isn't it? But having that relationship with yourself, I do a lot of self-awareness stuff, and I mean by reflective. What you know, my what's in the bag program is I've got some of items that's in the golf bag and I've broke them down and give them a meaning but without becoming too psychology and I sent this work to Dr. Joe and one of the items in the bag is a golf club and what I'll do is you write the word club down the left hand side of your page and the, the letter C is your character so who are you who are you and some people can't answer that and <laughs> they don't know who they are because they've they're trying to compare themselves with either Rory McIlroy, who's world number one, and they're an amateur golfer. Or they're trying to they're trying to identify themselves with with something that isn't them. And if you don't understand your identity first and foremost, then it's really tricky to get off to a a good start. And so that would be the letter C. The L is language, which is the linguistic stuff. What kind of words do you use? But not just about words. Uh, the biggest form of communication is nonverbal. So your physiology, your presence, your whole, you talk about chemistry when you've got, a, when you're confident, you're going to give off a, a really, really powerful energy. And that energy is going to disseminate out into the people around you and you're going to be inspired and you're going to go on and you're going to achieve good things. When you're not so confident and you're unsure about things and that energy gets less and less and less and less and comes more within that people as well will also feel that. You, you know, when, you, when you're in a room and somebody walks in and you can sense if they're upset or if they're happy just by the feeling of that person, and that is a form of communication. And the letter U would be about, so what is useful and what's not useful? What's the things that you used to do that didn't work and how can we put in, implement new ways? Because things burn out. We, we could have had a really good routine that we've been using for five years, but an element of that routine might not work anymore, and we've got to be able to change that. And being adaptable to change is a is a whole new module that I wrote around as well. And the B is your behaviours. So how do you behave? Are you going to throw your clubs around? Are you going to give yourself a little bit of breathing space after you've hit a bad shot? Are you going to be able to walk that off? Are you going to be able to conduct yourself with a good manner, with a good attitude? These are all fundamental parts of 
performance and getting them right will will give you a, a at least a, you know a better start when you hit that first ball on the tee so yeah they're, they're the kind of things that I bring into my practice and it's it, it I just love doing it when I'm when I'm coaching people and I'm looking in the white of their eyes and I can feel their energy and I can feel the the down points and the up points and the pain points that's what I love doing and that's 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 my passion and uh, I've been doing that for the last five years now with golfers and I'm not looking back <laughs> looking forward so you you kind of touched on some on some of this you mentioned the neurolinguistic program or NLP there and so what do you how do you use that with golfers to kind of build a more I guess more resilient mindset and and I guess just better improve their their performance really yeah what what happens when people study NLP the people study it in business people study it for coaching people just want to have a better relationship with our family and everybody's got their own way of dealing with what they learn and the first part of the NLP stuff is about your learning style if you've got somebody who's really visual but you start giving them too much uh, vocal tasks to do they, you're going to lose interest with them if you've got somebody who likes to get a feel for the club, so they're very kinesthetic, you know, the, the styles of learning, our primary sensory, then understanding how people learn, you can then coach them in their model of the world. If you understand how people use language, you can use different terms of language or you can ask them to shift their language patterns to see what response that they get, what words that they put out there and then what comes back in return. Everything flows, everything goes out, everything comes back, everything's a cycle, everything starts, everything closes. And um, learning to close things off as well is really important. So once we start something, how do we then close that off? How do I switch off from golf if I'm practicing all the time and go and do something away from golf so my mind can rest? That is important. And um, the, the so introducing this type of style in, into my program I feel that I get some really good results because you're tapping into people's belonging, that their, their, their psyche, and it's um, and and remember the mind is a big part of the game, but it's only one part of us. We've got a soul, <laughs> we've got a, the human body, the the mind and the heart, and how do you connect your emotional self and and how do you de de detach emotion as well? You know, you, you put you if you're wanting to go out there and perform, whatever people are saying, you've just got to be able to deflect. Look at Michael Jordan and the last dance and how much he just was like, Nope, I'm not listening to any of this traffic coming in. And imagine if social media was around when he was playing, it would have been even more of a distraction. And you're finding out now that the more and more people that don't compare themselves on social media channels, I know we're doing this through social media, which is great, but we've got to learn to be able to deflect stuff that is going to stop us from being who we want to be and uh, yeah. become becoming mindful of that is an important part of of golf right and i think you, you mentioned you know michael jordan he had that goal he wanted to be you know wanted to get to the championship and win the championship and 
everything else was a distraction to that goal. So I think you, you're right. You know, you have to have that goal and that helps, I'm sure helps firm up that mindset of, you know, being able to get rid of the distractions and, and being able to be more in the present and mindful of, of your surroundings and, and of your emotions and those kinds of things. Yeah, we have sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day, and sometimes they're the same ones we were having the day before and the day before that and the day before that. But our thoughts are linked to our state, and if our state's doing something, it releases the emotion, and then we behave the emotion. So when we're happy, we behave happy. When we're sad, we behave sad. And by being able to get rid of the mind clutter, you are reducing all of that. And, 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 and you can get really good at it. So... I say to golfers, practice becoming mindful off the golf course. And they say, what do you mean? I'm like, well, even when you're just sitting, having your tea, even when you're just standing on the ground, become present, anchor yourself to that moment. And you do not have to be meditating to be mindfulness, to, to practice mindfulness. But the more and more you can do it for two or three minutes an hour for every waking hour. And by the end of the day, you might have done 10, 15 minutes of being mindful. So that when you start to play golf, it's like your subconscious just starts flicking back into that state and you're like, I'm ready. You know, because it's you're out there for four hours. You cannot be like that for four hours. It's, it's tiring. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you cannot be... Uh, to be to be fully focused for that long period of time, you've got to be able to learn to to switch off a little bit and sure. look at the surroundings. <laughs> taking taking a deep breath, you know, just just relax your posture a little bit. Breathing's a huge part of being able to anchor yourself to the present. Yeah, no, I, I, I went. I went off. I, go, I sorry. I go off on a little tangent because I get too excited about what I do. It's just great. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. So definitely having an uh, unscripted conversation here. So the I heard it just the other day, you talk about like sports that require more skill, right? So you say like running or, you know, any kind of like just we'll say track sports tend to require a little less skill. It's more just a gross motor, you know, of, of running. You can basically you try harder, you, you're going to do better. Whereas with golf, you it's very fine, you know, requires a lot of finesse, a lot of fine motor skill, and a lot of times try harder, and and you you don't get that same that you would get with a, a gross motor skill. And I think you're bringing in the being in the present and mindful of, of whatnot, and letting those emotions go because usually those emotions are what drives that yeah. that that forward there so i think that's that's definitely a huge huge thing I mean, you're practicing mindfulness off the course allows you better at it during during the performance completely agree jeremy it's, it's yeah it, it, it's brilliant and when you and when you start to do that more and more and more and more it just becomes second nature and it's it's helpful and not many i think during this this um, situation that we've been in you know you talk about linguistics and language at the start of all of this crazy three months ago I don't, I don't like using the c word because it's just got too much 
negative energy around it. But everybody was using words like quarantine, lockdown, isolation. Have you heard that language? It is, it is fear and puts people in this cause and effect of just, oh, this crazy fuzzy head feeling. And I interviewed a guy called David Finn. He's a golf journalist in Canada. He's played in 23 states in America. And, 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 he, and he said to me, he says, John, I'm in stay-at-home mode. And I thought, well, how nice is that just to use that instead, that word? And the whole interview was just so relaxed. And that is just proof of what kind of words that you can use with your language. Just change, change the perspective change your reality change what's in front of you and that's all mindfulness is it's it's not having a judgment on anything but being present uh, but but being mindful of the present moment and that's all that means so we can get caught up in or we can set a game plan on the golf course a lot of people like to plan what what score they want to get to they've got these margins and they want to hit them and that's really really good but they have to bring themselves back to the most important shot is the next one you know that's a, a, a good saying in golf bringing yourself back to or if you've hit the ball and you don't know where it's gone and you're thinking about how or what kind of lie am I going to have is in the bunker did it go in the water you're starting to play all of this thing in your mind find out when you get there because you've wasted a couple of minutes of really unnecessary thought energy walking up to that ball it's but we're we're guilty of doing it everybody does (laughs) because that's that's what happens and um it's just it's just allowing people to be a bit more expressive, a little bit more free thinking. One of my one of my favorite authors and my favorite book is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and that's exactly what it says: the power of the present, the now. Um, and yeah. he also wrote another book called Stillness Speaks, which when you're in when you're in stillness, it, it does speak it actually becomes a little bit more amplified and probably not as chaotic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, the, the little bit of it that I've done, I mean, my wife's a, a yoga instructor and been talking, you know, mindfulness being a part of that and meditation. But when I've done just even those little few minutes, it's amazing how much more, noticeable you are of some of your surroundings and whatnot and, and everything when you're not thinking all these other thoughts like you said and i've noticed that on the course too because a lot of times after i hit a ball my 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 thought is okay find a point in the on the horizon where my ball was going and i just focus on that and i walk towards that rather than simply going okay what am i you know what am i going to find myself into like you were talking about what am i getting myself into or what did i just do rather than thinking those things it's kind of like okay let's let's just kind of focus on we're walking towards the direction that we need to go and we'll figure it out right at the moment that we, we kind of get there. Or maybe if you, I'm a believer of kind of having a routine, whether that's in the morning or during, you know, golf shot and all that stuff. And so I think, you know, going, starting that kind of as a routine uh, when I play is something I need to kind of work on and then get better at. So. Well, golfers, you play your best golf when you're playing with freedom, don't you? When you're loose. Not when oh, yeah. you're creating resistance, not when you're getting angry about what you've done. Uh, Dustin yeah. Johnson's great, isn't he? The way that he, he puts an eagle in, he doesn't change his pace of walk. He gets a double bogey, he still walks the same pace. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. what he's done. He doesn't, 
doesn't increase. He's he's he is just like he looks like he's walking really slow, but he's he's massive, isn't he? So he's taking big strides. You know, he's like a giraffe up there, various and. Uh, but yeah, I love watching DJ. I do. I, I, lo- I love watching his whole attitude. I, I love listening to the way that Rory McIlroy talks about gratitude as well, about his dad and his mom, and they worked really hard to get him to where he is. And he's very humble with his, with what he says in his words. And then you know you've got, you've got people like Jordan Spieth when, you know when he was winning everything and he was in the Masters and he was doing great. He was like Tigger. He was jumping around and he was really excited and stuff like that. And he's lost a little bit of that. And he's now got a little bit serious and things start of gone. You know, there's things happen to these guys on and off the course as well. It's not just what's going on in golf. The the mental preparation that they go through and the, the traveling. But for the average golfer that just wants to go out there and knock some shots off the game, do a little bit of this stuff that we talk about. You know, it's you can practice these kind of things. And I'm, if somebody comes to me and they're off 25 and they want to get down to 20, I'll ask them why. Or what what is going on? What, what is your why? Why do you want to get down to that? And and if they're talking to me and they're giving me their, their, their pain points and stuff like that, I'll know whether they want to get down to that and they're willing to put the time and effort in. And I'll know the ones that will just say, oh, I just want to get down to 25 and just say it willy-nilly without even wanting to put the work in. Um, so that's the that's the difference, isn't it? We... You've got to be prepared. To preparation is everything. You know, I I know a guy who works on the Formula One, works with mind coaches on them, and he talks about the preparation that goes into getting that car ready for a race. But the the drivers he works with, you know, their mental state of travelling at 200 mile an hour up to a bend and one little think of the wrong way and the car's off the road. You know, and that's that's mental preparation. But he said, but when they're in the car. They're in the office. They're doing what they love. When a golfer's hit that first tee shot, they're just in the floor. They've done all the preparation. They've done all the planning. They're feeling good about themselves. Once they're out there, they just want to play with freedom. They don't want to be thinking about anything. They don't. They just just want to compete and and get the job done. You know, they're at work. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> as as we are, when I'm coaching somebody, I'm at work. <laughs> I want to get yeah. the best out of people. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, so I guess what what recommendations we have to help people, you know, on the course to to kind of get in that, staying that present or staying or being prepared to be in that moment and and mindful. Depending on your um, whole persona and your attitude towards the game, I, I do a lot of personality profiling as well. And one of the things that I I look at is that. If somebody's naturally just quite quick thinking and they just get on with stuff and they believe in themselves and they're away, if they start to become a little bit more methodical with their thinking, a little bit held back and start to look at how the dimples on the golf ball are supposed to be or how the tee's meant to be lined up and they start to get too technical about things. Golf is really technical now, isn't it? With all of the technology and the track man stuff and everything else and it's just so precise. It Literally, these, these guys are putting it in a bin lid from 160 yards because of the know the, the flight of the ball and everything they have because they've seen all of these crazy pictures um, just when you're out there just put your shoulders back just stand up a little bit give yourself some air in your lungs if you've hit the bad shot if you walk around with your head down then you just you know you're just going to be taken into the next one have fun you're, you, you know especially now 
people are playing golf, they don't want to go back home because they know they're just going to be sitting in the house. You know, this is such an important time now to be out there and have this social interaction and get on with people and respect the other golfer as well. As If he's taking his time, he's taking his time. Just be patient. And 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 stay you know as jordan spieth says lovely he used to say it a lot stay loose be loose be 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 amongst it you know and um the more that you do that i think the more that you can learn to start to play with freedom if your swing's going wrong and you start chasing it and you know everybody does that as well and complaining as well don't complain <laughs> honestly there's um if you write down on your card how many times you've complained in your round and then look at it at the end of the round and you'll know you've had a bad round to how many times you've complained because you're more interested in about the thing that didn't work. Um, so, yeah, less complaining, respect the other golfers, have a little bit of self-respect for yourself. You deserve to be there. You've got, you know, everybody's got a, a great story. Have fun and, and enjoy it and, and practice a little bit of meditation and mindfulness. Download some apps, listen to some stuff. That's That's how I got into it. Um, I used to do a lot of guided stuff, and now I do just my own meditation thoughts. So I, you progress to learn. It's um, it's a great great thing to do. All right, John. Well, we wanna we wanna be mindful of your uh, your time here. It, getting that thirty past that thirty minutes here. So who would you think would be we should have on next for for the podcast? Something somebody that we can benefit from their knowledge. Um, this I'm part of a big golfer network. It's a global network. There's a guy called Sean and Aaron. Uh, they are uh, the Four Business is the name of the company. So they've got groups out in Colorado and Florida, and we've got groups in the UK. They're out in Abu Dhabi, Dubai. But their love of bringing people together on the golf course through business and what that does for people, um, for the economy especially. You know, you've got these people sharing four hours with each other, like-minded, um, sh- sharing business ideas and opportunities. I think those two guys would be great to come on and ask them about why they do what they do and their story, their backstory is really good. But I'm part of that network. I'm a big ambassador for them. Um, yeah, Sh- Sean and Aaron, Sean Ferguson and Aaron Bust. But I can, I can make an introduction for you. And uh, those guys would probably benefit from having a chat with you and, your dad being a businessman and stuff as well, you might have a, a lot in common. <laughs> but yeah, definitely let them share their story for half an hour with you about about their goals and what they're doing for the game of golf as well and how they're increasing numbers and participation, which is a very important part. Yeah. And definitely. one company that you need to look out for is called Next Links. And they're building an indoor golfing putting entertainment system in Arizona that's going to be live. Uh, very shortly a guy called Dave Schultz I'll give him a bit of a shout out as well okay well thank you Um, but talk about growing the game of golf that's what them that's what that company's going to be doing open making it accessible to the masses very cool very cool yeah that's always good I mean it's a wonderful game we me and you wouldn't be uh be here talking about it if it wasn't such a great game so I want to thank you so much for coming on today John uh, before we go, do you mind sharing with our audience how we can keep up with, with your work and learn more about what you do? If you want to have a look on my website, it's um, whatsinthebag.club. 
that's that's got only that's got all of my podcasts on there. That's got testimonials and it's got my mindfulness program. And if anybody's been listening to this show and wants to engage in that program, then the give them a code word Jeremy and I'll give them a bit of a discount and we can work on that and have a conversation. If they would just want to book a 15-minute consultation with me, you can do it through that website as well. Um, I'm on Instagram, you know, so you can follow me on there and obviously on Facebook as well. So, good stuff. Again, thank you. That's it for this episode of the Golf Under Par podcast. We'll have all that information that John just mentioned in the show notes. Again, reach out to him if, if you guys are interested in learning more about mindfulness and mindset and how you can improve your performance that way. All right. Um, thank you so much, John, for, for coming on. And thank you all for listening. Have a great thank day. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. If you enjoyed this content, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can get this in front of more people. Thank you. Do you want to take your fitness to the next level? Join our Golf Fitness Tips Facebook group to learn more about how you can improve your fitness and improve your golf game by helping your potential through mobility, strengthening, and wellness tips. Again, our Facebook group is Golf Fitness Tips. We'll see you there. Have a good one.